Welcome to The Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. We'd like to welcome today Scott Sacknoff, founder and CEO of Serenity Shares, an impact ETF founded on the principle of allowing investors to invest for a return while making a difference. He speaks to us from the headquarters in beautiful Chevy Chase, Maryland. Scott, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Thank you for having me. So, Scott, uh, you have a background in creating indices, and then you took the 17 United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, SDGs, and filtered the available stocks and ETFs and came up with 110 companies that address one or more of those goals, and then you created an ETF of those companies. So briefly describe, let's start with your background, will you? Sure. In 2004, um, I was in, engaged in a conversation with the American Stock Exchange on what exactly is this new product called exchange-traded funds, and ended up having a conversation with um, one of the principals at the exchange whose job was to push this, and they said, you know, we would like you to have, be able to teach you how to design indexes properly. Uh, they had a need both for a client as well as a future need on things that the exchange couldn't do. And so they taught me the indexing business. How do you create not just an index, but make it a true benchmark for whatever topic that you're looking for? And so since 2004, I've specialized in uh, designing equity index ETF. I have a number of products that are either been provided to clients or in the market or marketed by financial firms to their clients. And during that time, between 2004 and the present's, also consulted with a number of firms, big and small, to uh, evaluate their new products, uh, understand the ETF market, and in 2017 launched Serenity Shares to enable investors, as you said, to be able to invest for a turn and make a difference in the world. You know, Scott, before we get to Serenity Shares, let's ask this. So we rarely talk to anybody who knows that much about indices. I mean, we, you know, we all trust them. So without giving away any trade secrets... Okay, should we have complete confidence in every index that we see that it really mirrors what it's designed to mirror? The, the answer to that is going to be no. Uh, not all indexes are created equal, just like not all funds are created equal. Uh, investors really should look at the product itself to determine what's inside, how it's calculated, how it's computed. There are a number of indexes, I mean, fundamentally at the the low end of the scale, you can take any number of companies that you choose, add up the prices, divide by the number of companies, and lo and behold, you have an index. There are others that are much more complicated. Once the index itself, there is going to be some variation in in most cases between the fund and the index. And depending on how the funds are designed, um, whether they replicate, whether they can track exactly uh, the, the specific holdings, uh, there's a number of factors involved. Uh, for the most part, if you're dealing with something that's, let's say, equity-oriented, so products that are listed on the stock exchange that you can look up individual companies, usually the tracking is pretty good on those. Um, although, if you look inside the funds, I've seen 
Um, for instance, an energy fund where Exxon was over 20% of the, the value of the fund. And years ago, there was a Russia fund where Gazprom was, I believe it was close to 80% of all the holdings in Russia because they computed it simply on market cap. And Gazprom was the largest, probably one of the largest companies in the world at that point. So there is some research that people should do rather than just blindly trusting things that are out there. Scott, you have not given me much uh, confidence in these indexes, nor much hope that I could or would sit down and evaluate them and come up with an effective evaluation. I mean, what is uh, an investor supposed to do here? Well, let me re-clarify that. I didn't mean to uh, scare you or any of the other (laughs) listeners. I said there's a lot of variation. Most of them, when you you look under the hood, you know, you're going to see exactly what you get. And if you're dealing with a passive index, versus something that's actively managed. Right. The passive right. index is going to say, here's the list of companies, here's the weighting for each of those companies, and then it's up to the investor to decide, does that make sense? And the difference between, you know, the indexes, you can have a number of different products all focused on a given sector or activity or style, but each one of them is going to have a different underlying methodology and that becomes, in a sense, the secret sauce for defining on why is our indexer fund different than a different indexer fund. Well, that's very interesting. So, we're we're going to move on here, Scott, because that's not the focus of the day, but we appreciate that input. And, uh, you know, certainly ETFs have, have grown really exponentially, and uh, most investors are investing uh, at least partially in e- ETFs, and we're all, and, and typically they're passive index funds, and we all have confidence that <laughs> they are what they purport to be. So uh, yeah. that, that's very interesting. We appreciate that. And, and, and they should. As I said, it's only in isolated cases like the, uh, you know, if you're starting to get into esoteric products on, you know, dealing with VIX futures and, you know, things like that, that are going to get a bit complicated, you know, for the average investor. But as if they if they tend to stick to things that they understand, or sectors or styles, you know, you look at the companies, you go and say that it makes sense. It's it's really, you know, dealing with passive indexes is actually a good way to get diversified exposure in the uh, the equity space. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and ETFs that, make it happen. And that's the mantra of of what they claim here. So let's talk about Serenity shares. So you wanted to create an impact ETF so that people could, again, invest for a return while making a difference or invest for a difference while making a return. And so you went to the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Give us a couple of those goals just briefly so we can understand them. Uh, yeah, so so to, to, to go back a, a, a bit further, uh, I was at a uh, financial investment conference and was in a discussion with a pension manager uh, for teachers who asked me, have I ever tried to define the word good? And he pointed out that impact and socially responsible is gaining importance and exposure, but everyone has a different philosophy on what exactly good means. No question so about it. So as an yeah. indexer, I was up for a challenge and decided to look into it and came across two competing, essentially two competing philosophies. One was uh, environmental, social and governance ratings, where you look at each individual company, ask some questions, and assign scores. And then the other philosophy was impact investing, which is more of a problem-solution aspect. And one of the reports and concepts that was gaining attention was the UN Sustainable Development Goals. 
And what the UN did a couple of years ago was put out a report that said, okay, well, we're going to try and catalog exactly what we're doing around the world to improve different challenges. So they had categories such as, for instance, eliminate poverty, or that government, governing um, and society should be able to work better together. Uh, we should have equality. So they're all great, broad goals. The problem, of course, is it's not exactly you can't draw a direct line between this company's goal is to eliminate poverty from a public equity standpoint. Private, you can go and say, okay, I've noticed a bunch, a number of homeless people in a neighborhood. Why don't we go and fix up that, you know, buy that abandoned building, fix it up, and provide beds? Or we're going to invest in a, a private venture that's going to expand their selling mosquito netting in Africa, and then you notice that malaria rates go down 20%. So a lot of the impact side of things is geared more towards problem and solution, and it's much easier to define from a charitable and public standpoint. So the UN came up with this, and it was sort of the first time anyone said, let's actually look at the problems and the solutions. And so took that and said, you know, that makes a lot more sense, because when you're dealing with individuals, and whether you're an RIA or an investor, it's much easier to look at a company or a fund and say, here's what they're trying to achieve and okay. saying, am I interested in that versus we assign this company a score of 4.2. You can form a more emotional connection. And so things like improving poverty and equal rights for women, you know, these are the sort of things that most people can understand and get their heads around. So you looked at these, e- you, you right. looked at these 17 here, Scott, and right. then you, filtered stocks and identified what you claim, what you say are 110 companies that address one or more of these 17 goals. Is that it? Correct. Okay. So what we did. And and then you created an ETF of those 110 companies. Correct. So what we do is we review all 6,500 companies listed on New York and the NASDAQ. And from there, we look at every company's products and services, and do they target one of these 20 challenges to society, whether it's elder care and education, renewable energy, or recycling. When we're done, we have our basket of companies, and then we run all of those companies through um, what are best practice index screens for liquidity size, because at the end of the day, if you have a fund, you want it to be tradable, you want it to be liquid, you want people to be able to, you know, be able to trade in and out without any sort of problems. And so we run the screens, and when we were done, we end up with, you know, roughly 110 companies. Okay, and then those companies form the ETF that you offer, and so it's basically an index ETF. Right, so there's an underlying index. Everything is based on this from a passive standpoint. So the fund, we actually replicate the fund exactly as the index says. So if it says that a particular company is going to be 3.5%, then it's going to be managed towards 3.5% of the fund. Okay. And uh, then this is a long-only ETF, and you invest in those 110, and each one has the portion of the entire ETF or entire index that somehow it deserves. Correct. And what we use is a, um, a modified market cap 
weighting, which essentially what the, the underlying rule is, no company should be too large, like the examples I gave before, and also no company should be too small. You don't want to include a company in, a, uh, in an index of the fund, and it's at 0.001%, so no matter what happens to that company, it really doesn't impact the performance. Right. So we have, as part of the methodology, we make sure that no company is larger than 3.5% of the fund at the time of rebound. Okay, and what is the ticker of the ETF? Uh, ICAM. I-C-A-N. I-C-A-N. Okay, great. Well, Scott, we need to take a quick break. And when we come back, let's talk about the misperceptions by investors that you see about impact investing. And uh, you talk to investors all the time and RIAs, etc. How do they see, how do they misperceive impact investing opportunities? Again, we're talking with Scott Sacknoff, founder and CEO of Serenity Shares out of Chevy Chase, Maryland. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio. I'm Charlie Wright. We'll be right back. When you use the Premier Rewards Gold Card from American Express, the rewards points can keep on multiplying. Buy three with triple points on airfare. Buy two with double points on gas and groceries. And a single point for pretty much every other dollar you spend on the card. Then, start choosing from over a million rewards to redeem all those points. Apply today and the annual fee for the first year is on us. Call 1-800-AXP-GOLD or visit AXPGOLD.com. The annual fee for the card is $175. See terms, conditions, and restrictions at AXPGOLD.com. Do you want a free analysis of your inbound marketing? Do you want it in 30 seconds or less? Then check out Marketing Grader, the free marketing tool from HubSpot. It's simple. Just go to marketinggrader.com, enter the URL that you want to analyze, and Marketing Grader will instantly give you a detailed report grading your lead generation, mobile marketing, social media, competitive benchmarking, and more. It's simple, it's powerful, and it's free marketinggrader.com All right, back to Charlie and his guest. Thank you, Paul. Again, we're talking with Scott Sacknoff, founder and CEO of Serenity Shares, an impact ETF founded on the principle of invest for return while making a difference. So, Scott, we have seen in just in the past few months a significant increase in the interest level of impact investing. Uh, but for many years, uh, impact investing has not had the impact that, that many people thought it would have when it uh, first came uh, into the marketplace. What do you see in talking to people all the time about the misperceptions of impact investing by investors and professionals in the industry? Well, one thing to keep in mind is that the, uh, you know there's been a number of recent surveys um, that have said millennials, women and high net individuals are taking an increasing uh, attention towards this area. Uh, in fact, more than 70% say they actually consider it before they make investments. The nice thing about impact, in a sense, is that there's a lot of future trends on demographics. There's, you know, $30 trillion being shifted from uh, the older retiring generation to younger generations. There's a lot of things in this favor. But the two biggest misperceptions um, that still remain are the concept that by excluding certain firms, such as those, you know, tobacco, fossil fuel exploration, weapons, that you can't achieve market returns. And there's enough 
companies in the market and enough different ways of uh, being able to do this and enough statistics that are coming out where people are starting to collate the data on what is the performance of these firms to start to indicate that that's not necessarily true. You can exclude sectors and areas of the economy and still be able to achieve a market or better return. The, the second uh, issue out there is that there's really no established definition of socially responsible investing. There are a number of different ways of doing it. You can exclude these categories. You can choose certain categories that you think are better. But there's two main camps out there. One relies on uh, ESG ratings, environmental, social, and governance, which there's, there's over 100 of these different firms out there. They have anywhere from, let's say, 50 to 150 questions asking how many women are on your board, what's your policy regarding recycling, things like that. And then each company gets rated a score. So it's great for identifying risk inside an individual company, but we don't believe it actually is uh, makes a lot of sense when it comes to a uh, passive-type fund. The second camp uh, is, as, as we were talking about, the UN Sustainable Development Goals area, which is more of a product solution relationship. And so because, and there's a lot of people who sort of mix up the two concepts of are you ESG or are you impact? And a lot of that comes down to how do you convey what exactly is the impact inside of a fund? And that's one of the bigger issues uh, for advisors is being able to explain this clearly to investors. Yeah, no question about it. That's got to be a, a major challenge here. So what is the, the, the biggest challenge right now that Serenity Shares faces? Well, a lot of it is getting the word out. I mean, we're only uh, roughly a year old. Uh, we know that there's a lot of people who want to invest in a manner that's aligned with their values. But we're also competing against some of the largest financial firms in the world who are active in the ETF business. Uh, the top half dozen you know, companies control more than, you know, 80% of all the assets invested in ETFs go into those categories. Uh, the other, you know, challenge we're facing is impact historically, you know, over 90% of impact investing is usually private equity or like a, a green or an educational bond where people can draw the line and say, you put money into a school bond, they're going to build a new wing of the school or into a water facility, and they're going to be able to process more clean water. But how do you do that from a public equity side? So we had to go out and actually figure out what exactly is inside our fund. So that way an advisor can go and say, oh, look, it's got 35 gigawatts of solar and wind energy and 18 million acres of forest land, you know, inside this one fund. And so part of it is just trying to work with the community to figure out how, do you, how can you more easily sell this to your clients? Yeah, that, that's got to be a real challenge uh, because, like you say, typically impact investing is they have a particular project and people can say, okay, it's going to build this facility and have cleaner water and have better education or whatever it is. But you, you're dealing with publicly traded uh, companies here and they're making impacts in, in lots of different ways. So that, that's got to be a challenge here. So tell us a question we'd like to ask all of our guests here, Scott. What uh, keeps you awake at night? Uh, from an investor perspective, I'm not particularly worried because most of my holdings are currently inside the uh, the ICANN Impact ETF, and it's diversified and pays a dividend that I'm happy with. So, you know, I'm more worried about essentially the issues facing society and the environment and how I can make a difference. To modify um, the old saying a bit, 
you know, we should leave the world to our children in better shape than we were rushed. And it's one of the reasons why I got involved in this and recognize that there's an opportunity and we can see that uh, there's a lot more attention being focused in this area. Um, you know, personally, of course, you know, I'd have to say, you know, the stories about the shootings in the schools, you know, I personally find particularly troublesome, you know, especially with them being, you know, so close by and having uh, a lot of small children I know in the neighborhood you know, having to deal with these issues. Yeah, you know, when I, I remember when I graduated from college uh, many a long time ago that uh, one of our speakers stood and said, uh, said, you know, there are enough prophets of gloom today to discourage anyone from getting out of bed in the morning. And that <laughs> it was certainly the case then, but today it's it's been multiplied many, many times, no question about it. Uh, next question we'd like to ask all of our guests, uh, Scott, what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? Well, a personal favorite of mine was given to me, a colleague, to learn how traders think. And it was called Reminiscence of a Stock Operator by Jesse Livermore. Oh, yeah. It's definitely more about uh, trading than investing, but I found it truly fascinating. And every time you referred to trading in the 80s, I had to remind myself, he meant the 1880s, not the 1980s, <laughs> right. because all of the lessons that he was uh, essentially talking about were all still applicable, you know, 100 years later. Uh, and, and that's a book that has been recommended before, and that, that's really uh, should be on every investor's or certainly every trader's bookshelf, uh, no question Absolutely. about it. So give us uh, your website and contact information here, Scott. So the website is serenityshares.com. All the information on our firm uh, is obviously found on the site. Uh, phone number to reach the office would be 202-349-3917. And I suggest your listeners visit the Insights tab, which is our education area, to learn more about impact investing. Okay. And uh, final words for our listeners, Scott. Uh, people can make a difference by simply choosing how and where they invest. It's possible to invest for a return and have an impact. All they have to do is say, I can. Great point. I can. So thank you very much, Scott. We really appreciate you being with us. And our best wishes to you and Serenity Shares for continued impact and quality investment returns for your investors. Thank you very much for joining us today. So we've been talking with Scott Sacknoff, founder and CEO of Serenity Shares out of Chevy, Chevy Chase, Maryland. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OT Talk Radio. I'm Charlie Wright, and uh, we'd love to have uh, hear from you. Info at strategicinvestorradio.com is the way to do that, and you can go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. And we wish you an enjoyable week and productive investing. Strategic Investor Radio is a production of OC Talk Radio and is provided for educational purposes only. Content of this program and the views of the guests should not be considered as recommendations by OC Talk Radio or investment advice from the host, Charlie Wright, or any other entity attached to this production. Investors should always consult qualified financial, investment, tax, or legal professionals prior to investing.